0: inside the NRL. Brad Fittler joins us live to discuss all things finals footy. The West Tigers bring forward their end of season review. What does that mean for coach Michael Maguire? How good is Tommy Turbo? Has Manly's marquee man had the best individual season ever? We run the rule over the bottom eight teams and discuss where it all went wrong. We started with 16, only eight teams remain. Yes, it's finals time in the NRL. Hello and welcome to Inside the NRL. I'm Zach Bailey lucky enough to be joined by a man who played nine NRL finals matches most notably 2010 grand final Jamie Soward? I thought you were talking about him he, talks, he acts like he's played nine finals matches No, lucky enough also to be joined by someone who has had 11 grand final appearances in the NRL press box that is, <laughs> Michael Jammis how Zachary,
1: do you? it's a pleasure to be here mate, looking forward to it.
0: Cannot wait finals, it all kicks off on Friday night, here are the fixtures for week one of the NRL final series for season 2021, what a way to get things started. Manly against Melbourne, playing off for a spot in the prelims on the Sunshine Coast on Friday night. Then on Saturday, there's a doubleheader in Townsville. First up, the Roosters season is on the line against the Titans before the Panthers and Bunnies face off for a spot in week three of the finals. Then on Sunday, it's the Eels against the Knights in an elimination final in Rockhampton. The winner progresses to week two. The loser they go home to talk us or help us talk through all the big talking points for week one of the finals. We're lucky enough to be joined by a Channel 9 commentator, New South Wales coach and a man who played 32 finals matches. Brad Fittler, thanks so much for joining us on Inside the NRL.
2: No problem, Zach. Good to see you, boys.
0: Freddie, as we head into week one of the finals, are the Melbourne Storm still your premiership favourites?
2: Uh, oh... Mm, tough one. I think so. I think so. I think <laughs> on par with Penrith. I think they've both been uh, extremely consistent and at a, a level a bit above everyone else. Uh, but I feel like Manly are, are getting to that level. I think South Sydney, obviously the Latrell thing may hurt them. It'll be interesting what Wayne does with fullback. So, um, but no, I think the top two teams are standouts.
1: Freddie, a little hypothetical here. I'm going to aid you a little bit. Craig Bellamy, oh, if you're in his shoes yeah. right now, this weekend, what do you do in the hooker and fullback role? Do you go Nico Hines? Do you go Pappenhausen? Do you go Brandon Smith, Harry Grant? What do you do and why?
2: I'll uh, go okay. Papenhausen, fullback. I saw signs on the weekend where he got his confidence back. And uh, the other thing he got back was um, his timing. He just seemed to be, after about the first 15, 20 minutes, you could just tell that um, any time. They looked like there was a bit of space, or um, someone was creating something. Papinhausen was there, and that's what he's known for. So, also Nico Hines is, I think, a better bench player. He covers, you know, three or four positions, and uh, I think um, both of them are better in those roles. Uh, the hooker, I'd start with Brandon Smith and have Harry come off the bench. He's been incredible off the bench, Harry Grant, and they give him plenty of time. And then Brandon can either get a rest or Move to that uh, lock forward role, and uh, they've got quite the arsenal, Melbourne.
3: Freddie, I want to talk about Penrith. What have they have to? Have you seen them evolve enough this year to say that they can go one step better?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think. Well, they beat Melbourne at the start of the season when, even without Nathan Cleary, uh, I think the game the other day was a bit of a no match. A couple of weeks ago, uh, when they when they played Melbourne. I feel they've still got some some um, areas where they can clean up. Parramatta got a lot of um, forced a lot of dropouts which they back their defence Penrith and they're fit, mostly as fit as any team but against the good teams they'll wear them down if, don't, if they don't tidy that area up but they put more at you, they, they throw more at you than any team's ever thrown at anyone. They get back on side, they all work hard for each other and I think everyone's working out that everyone needs to up their ante on the fitness side of things if they want to be able to compete with Penrith. Just give
3: the people at home an insight as to how important Isaiah Yo is to that team because Cleary and, and obviously Jerome Blue I get all the, you know, the praise with putting on the assist, but how important is Isaiah Yeo in that team? Well,
2: there's a couple of things that Isaiah does really well. Uh, the one thing, obviously, he's the link through the middle with forwards. Uh, he also links really well with both Nathan and Jerome. So, you know, that just gives him an extra ball player. Uh, I've seen some tries where he's passed to Fisher Harris, who's passed to Leota, and they've scored. So they also work through the middle really well. Uh, I think he's a really uh, calm voice as well, uh, knowing in state of origin a, a lot of confidence when he was out there. And um, you can tell the younger players react really well to him because everything's very calm. He takes a lot of tackles. So if it's not on, he, he runs the ball and... The thing he does, uh, mostly as well as Victor Radley, is that they can dummy and go and go through the line. Not many ball players can do that. They'll dummy and you know maybe get a quick tackle, but um, they seem to have that little spurt of pace that just allows them to get through the line. So it makes them very dangerous when they dummy.
1: Freddie, I know how much you love Tom Truboevich, especially since he's got the, uh, the forward passes out of his game. But I want to ask you, from the players mm-hmm. you've coached and played alongside, where does he rank? There's a lot of talk about him at the moment.
2: Well, at the moment, no-one's doing what he's doing. I think uh, I think it's obvious the athletic traits he has. He's, you know, he's a big bloke, he's fast. Uh, but I think what he does on the run, working out where the space is, working out which players he can beat, uh, how he how he'll beat them. He knows he's plays really well. He's a he's a pretty intelligent bloke, uh, and that's not just footy intelligence either. He can um, consume a, a lot of knowledge, and and you can see while he's out there, he's just constantly just weighing things up. And he's got a great he's fit. You know he's everywhere at the moment. So you know, he's made some big changes from the start of the year. He got a bit embarrassed at the start of the year. Got over the hamstring problem, and you can see he's also had the, you know, the the toughness and the discipline to to change a few things in his life. And um, I think everyone's enjoying the fruits of what uh, of what Tom uh, has got by applying himself.
0: Freddie, pretty much every analyst and critic have got the red pen and put it through the bunnies. Given that Troy Mitchell won't uh, play again this year, but do we have to be wary? of South Sydney, given they're coached by the super coach, Wayne Bennett?
2: Yeah, I'm really interested who he plays at fullback. Um, you know, I think on the weekend, they try to find some answers, but I don't think those answers popped out. So he's going to obviously spend a couple of days and um, use his experience on who he thinks the best player to play fullback, and, you know, he'll get the best answer. A lot of people will be guessing who it is, but he knows his players better than anyone, so... Um, when they run out on Saturday night, uh, he'll be confident that they can win. I think the thing that we see our Sydney is if they can get out of their own end and have minimal errors, then with or without Luttrell, they've destroyed every team in the competition bar Melbourne. So I feel like um, they're still very capable, especially with Cookie and Cam Murray just coming off a week off. And Big Tom Burgess is also going to be a bit fresher. And then while they've got Cody and Adam Reynolds there, I just think that their discipline's the thing. Uh, Penrith took them to the back end of the game and the penalty count ended up 11-2. And a lot of that were mandatory penalties from line on the ruck and, and different things. But they just couldn't keep up with Penrith because they started giving away too many errors and uh, that cost them.
3: Fred, Sunday afternoon, para take on the Newcastle Knights. You've had a lot to do with Mitchell Pearce and Mitchell Moses. Who has more pressure on them Sunday afternoon and who wins?
2: Well, I think the front rows are the most important players there. I think uh, Junior Paulo's had a week off, he was suspended. And hopefully Daniel and also Jacob play and Mitch Barnett was missing from Newcastle as well. So I think all those players that are on the back of their forward packs there, are much better players when everything's working well and they're dominating um, the middle of the field. So uh, Mitchell Moe's got a great kicking game. You know, he's got to get you out of trouble easy. He's got a big boot for a little bloke. Incredible. Um, While Mitchell, a little bit different. He moves the ball really well. Also a good kicker, but, you know, I think he's got to find a way to get Kalen Ponga in some good positions. And I thought Brisbane did a great job. Young Selwyn Cobbo was awesome on the weekend over at right centre. I reckon they went over there a dozen times and not only took an intercept, but I think outside the time when Kalen hit the winger, they didn't find much space. And, you know, I was super impressed with his job. So I think whoever's marking him, uh, marking Bradman Best over that side's got a huge job. And if they can watch a bit of video on how Selwyn Cobo handled him, I think uh, it would benefit them.
1: Freddie, a couple of weeks ago, Brent Reid had you at Parramatta Eels. you were the coach. I'm going to ask you, the Tigers, a lot of pressure under Michael Maguire at the moment. If mm. the call came through, appetite, Tigers at
2: all? I was talking to Dave Trodden about um, the Tigers' role and I think that's a, a really great job. You can see the centre of excellence they just got at Concord. It's a you know brilliant place to train out of. I still really feel Campbelltown's got to be your base. Uh, there's such a huge nursery out there and Uh, That corridor, that MacArthur Corridor is the fastest growing uh, population in Australia. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of development out there. And I feel like unless you plop yourself out there, then you're not getting the true benefit of the people or the amount of people for one. And a lot of them are going to be rugby league fans. Um, You know, those sort of areas are are renowned for rugby league support. Already they've got a, a soccer team out there. Uh, the Bulls, and I think we need to own that area. It's uh, I grew up out there and every kid played footy. Um, and when I was at Ashcroft, within a vicinity of about five kilometres, there would have been anything up to 10 footy teams. You know, the dynamics have changed, but I think we're a bit slack out there at the moment and it's it's the growth... Corridor of Australia and we need to own it and the West Tigers are in the perfect position to do it. I just think, um, you know, spending too much time at other stadiums is, is hurting them. So you put your hand up or not? <laughs> no. Mate, you are got to take me kicking and screaming what I'm doing at the moment. I'm, I love the New South Wales and the Origin stuff. It's, I've got a brilliant footy team there, uh, brilliant coaching staff. Got a great boss, and you know, loving Channel Nine. You know, it'll be interesting what happens if the rights um, go somewhere else. I'm not really sure what's happening there at the moment. So you never know what the future's going to hold. But I got to say, um, you know, the two jobs I, I hold at the moment, I love them.
0: So no tigers now, but potentially Brad Fittler, an NRL coach, in the future again.
2: <laughs> well, I never tick off anything because, like I said, you never know what's going to happen. But uh, I, I feel like. Um, it's a really uh, a tricky position to be in as in picking the coach. So I think that's incredibly important if they do go with another coach. And But I do think it's a really good job. I think you need time. But I think uh, if you could uh, sink into that MacArthur area in Campbelltown, obviously you've got um, the luxury of going back to Leichhardt for a couple of games a year, which would be awesome. But I think, um, you know, you need to own those two areas. And if you do, and you're doing well, I feel like um, there's a light at the end of the tunnel for sure.
0: All right, Freddie, we don't know what the future holds, but we do know there are four games of footy we are all looking forward to this And Thanks for your time on Inside the NRL. and We can't wait to see you and the Nine Gang across the weekend.
2: All right, good on you, fellas.
0: All right, Freddie, one of the greats, and he did say make some good points there about owning the West again. Now, you can catch Freddie and all of the Channel 9 crew on 9 this weekend for all four finals matches. And if you're lucky enough to be in Queensland, there are still tickets for all four finals matches. They're not sold out. Not yet. Wow. And I'll tell you what, if we could get up there and go to all four of them, we would. So get... Onto NRL.com forward slash tickets, get yourself some tickets because you know if you're in Rockhampton, first ever final there, and a couple of weeks ago you'd never had an NRL match. All right, uh, there's more drama in Tiger Town thanks to Michael Chamus and he's reporting in the Sydney Morning Herald across the weekend. Michael, uh, they've brought forward their review. What will be the outcome of this review, and how far along is it?
1: Well, in fairness, I think they were here because of the results, and the weekend did little to, to pacify the people at the club who were, who were thinking that things are getting out of control and. Perhaps there's time for change. Now, there's going to be a review. As we said, they've undertaken the interview process. Uh, They'll sit down and compile a report, which the board and the CEO will read over. And at the end of the day, they're going to make a decision. Do they continue with Michael Maguire? Do they believe in what he is saying, that he's he's getting the results off the field, not on the field at this stage, or do they go in another direction? Now, I know they've had a few coaches, but this is crucial because the West Tigers, as Brad Fittler just pointed out, have the potential to be one of the biggest clubs in the competition. They are there now. This decision is
0: going to be crucial in the, in the future of the, the club, Jamie. Sowie, if Michael Maguire is held on beyond this year, if we look forward with the crop of players he's got, can they make the finals next year? Because, that, I mean, that's what everyone is after at that yeah. club. A return um, to finals.
3: I don't think so. I think there's, there'll be some improves next year. The dogs, you know, they've recruited really well. The sharks who missed out on the eight, but yeah, what we saw yesterday is probably the combination of, of how the season sort of went. They've got some young talent there that's really, you know, on that next wave, ready to be coached and ready to go. But they just haven't had that consistency. I mean, I look at Big Steph and I think, yeah, he's one of probably one of the best up and coming props in the game. Um, but you compare to the losses and their style. For me, attacking-wise, I know that they've got their issues defensively, Champions, but attacking-wise, I look at teams in the NRL and I, I really struggle to see their style and the Tigers are one of those teams. And when your defence isn't good and you're not really sure who's taking control week to week... I mean, Adam Dewey, they, they wanted him at 5'8", then they move him back to the centres, then they want him back at 5'8". Yeah, you know, Brooks, they didn't try and change Brooks to see if it was a Jock Madden-led team right now. So yeah, they head into this off-season the most under pressure to get these to get it right.
0: And they've just uh, the Tigers have just released a statement literally in a matter of minutes ago. Five players that won't be there. We knew about four of them. Billy Walters Michael Cheekham, Moses Mbai and Russell Packer The other one, Joey Lailua on that list. Officially won't be a Tiger next year. Michael, on the other side of things, if Michael Maguire is shown the door before next year who comes in to replace him? Because It is a massive, massive job. Whoever's been there since Tim Shane's has failed. Well, it won't be Brad Fittler, as he made (laughs) clear.
1: But, look, from my understanding of the situation, I reported in the Sydney Morning Herald this afternoon that the feedback the club is getting from the players and the staff is is a lack of communication and strategy around defensive game plans and defensive systems. Now, that's a concern for the club because, obviously, they can, can see the 714 points. You don't have to be a genius to work out they have defensive issues. But the fact players are saying there are no systems in place there or understanding of a system where they felt comfortable. That's damning for Michael Maguire. And I also reported that if that's the, if that's the way they are thinking that needs to fix up the defense, Then the one person, so and you've heard this as well throughout the game, that people talk about is Cameron Seraldo in regards to... He's a defensive coach at the Penrith Panthers. For the last two years, the Panthers have had the best defensive record in the competition. You combine that with Tim Sheens, who's returning to the club in a a path-based role, but if you put him, and I'm sure Tim Sheens would love to get his hands on that football team, if he mentors Cameron Seraldo and provides that attacking prowess that we know he can... It's not a bad little combination. And the other guy that's in the conversation would be Shane Flanagan, who's who's won a premiership, who's proven that he can recruit. He's recruited well at the time at the Sharks. So look, they, you'd imagine they would be the two they, they would look towards. But at the end of the day, they need to make a decision straight away whether they're going to pursue Michael Maguire or not, because they're running out of time.
0: All right. Watch this space. Keep your eyes across the Sydney Morning Herald. No doubt Michael will have all the breaking news on what happens it, uh, in Tiger Town at Concord. All right, it's now time for Casualty Board, brought to you by Chemist Warehouse. And there are some concerns for a couple of key Storm players. Cameron Munster rates himself a 50-50 chance to face Manly. He'll put his knee to the test at tra- knee to, the test, to a test at training tomorrow. A call on Josh Adokar's availability will also be made after training on Tuesday. Scott Sorensen is adamant his season isn't over despite dislocating his wrist against the Eels. Rabbitohs skipper Adam Reynolds is no guarantee to face the Panthers just yet after he was given last week off training. In a boost for the Roosters, Jared Wyria Hargraves is set to return from knee injury against the Titans Gold Coast skipper. Kevin Proctor is hoping for the same news. He has to overcome a shoulder injury to go or to be good to go on Saturday. Newcastle duo David Clemmer and Daniel Saifidi are both in doubt for the Knights elimination final on Sunday while Eels big man Regan Campbell-Gillard is hoping to return from a groin injury. Parramatta skipper Clint Gutherson will be right to lead his side in Rockhampton while Keegan Hickgrave who's also facing a one match suspension and Oregon Kafusi need to pass their HIA protocols to play. Now to a few other players that won't feature in the finals. The biggest injury of the lot a suspected ACL for Tiger Tommy Talao which is devastating news for the 21-year-old. He won't be back until mid-year. Meanwhile, Corey Horsburgh, Hamaso, Tabu Ifido, Payne Haas and Jake Turpin are all set to be good to go for round one next year. Cameron Munster, touch and go, Sowie. This is this is massive news if he doesn't play for Melbourne. Is it big enough news to suggest that Manly would be favourites if Melbourne are without Cameron Munster?
3: They'll go in even. They'll go in him. I think that yeah, Jerome Hughes, for me, is one of my favourite players to watch. And the thing that I love about that is that He doesn't need the ball. But if he's the only playmaker there, Nico Hines struggled a little bit in the sixth role because he hasn't played there and they looked a little bit clunky on that left-hand side. And Cameron Munster is just a big game player. And if all the talk about Manly and how close they are to Melbourne and all this kind of stuff, and I just think about him coming off that three-day bender last year and going into origin and tearing the Blues apart, Cameron Munster needs to play for the Melbourne Storm if they have any chance to go back-to-back. Michael, do you
1: agree? Yeah, as you said, the key point there, the big games he steps up, you know, we see throughout the year he, he sort of he plays well, but when you put him in that origin arena and a finals arena, he goes to another level. So
3: Don't underestimate the loss of Josh Adokar as well. That look, those wingers do a fantastic job for Melbourne. They understand the systems. If they have to move Remus Smith over the left hand side, George Jennings comes back in, they're weakened that right centre position. It's a new combination with Justin Ollum. So yeah, they need both those guys. I think that they'll both
0: play. All right. Maybe it's all just games and tricks ahead of finals. We love this yeah. time of the year but for the final time we will talk about the eight teams who won't feature in the finals in season 2021, starting with the Sharks who just missed out on the finals. They lost their coach, John Morris in the lead up to round six, Sean Johnson, Wade Graham. They've left the club or been ruled out early. Josh Dugan, Matt Moyland have uh, missed extended periods. Sowie, what do you rate the Sharks season? Yeah, B minus. I thought that they were pretty good.
3: There were some questions that Needed to be answered before next year And they answered one of those And Braden Trindle will be the halfback um, Their recruitment around Nico Hines Moylan, Will Kennedy now Is the piece of the puzzle that doesn't fit for me But they gave themselves a chance Right up to the last weekend to be in the eight And I think halfway through the year Once they lost Johnson, Wade Graham We would have been right to thinking that they fell away But they've still got some quality there
1: yeah, look, I don't really disagree. You've both sold me. I had C plus, but B minus is probably fair, given the adversity they've been through this year, the sacking of the coach. It's been a tough year for the Sharks. So, I know they didn't make that. Well, they didn't look. They made the eight, but in terms of the way they played, sorry, they didn't make the eight, but they were in the eight into the last round. So, look, the way they've played, I think it's a C plus, but you know, it wouldn't be. A, wouldn't be against the B-minus either.
0: The Raiders, they finished 10th. Midway through the year, George Williams headed back to the UK. There was talk about a rebuild in the nation's capital. Rookie's Raiders, what do you rank them, Michael? Yeah, I was
1: a little bit... Oh, well, I got a lot harder on the Raiders. I set it D for them. I, I didn't feel as though they played to their potential. Everyone expected the Raiders to be playing finals football this year. It, it unravelled off the field. They made a a comeback towards the back half of the year, but the damage was done. Uh, it's a D for me for the Raiders.
3: Yeah, I had them at a C. I think that they just need to find a halfback. There's going to be a couple of pieces that fall, obviously with the recruitment at the Bulldogs. You might find a little young halfback, Flanagan, Wakem, one of those guys potentially uh, that needs to get into an NRL system, but they just need a halfback. No, rebuild though. No, I think they've still got enough quality there that... You know, Charles Nichol, Klukstar coming back, Rappinah—they were fantastic. But they've got Tomoko. They've got some young guys. I think Ricky Stewart just needs to roll the dice with the young guys. He's gone with those old guys, tried and tested for so long. Throw them in, and they won, might be—they won some games, didn't they? Back in yeah, year they, with those Tomoko guys. looks sensational. They might might be struggling
0: next, start next year, but they might come good. Can't wait to see Savage back in action in season yeah. 2022. The Dragons ended their season with eight straight losses after the infamous barbecue at Paul Vaughan's house. Michael. Uh, I'm C minus. I think that the Dragons, the Dragons
1: season was over before Barbecue Gate even happened. Like they, they were dipping. The only reason they didn't dip out of the eight was because the teams below them were equally as poor. So I know everyone's going to say their season hit, it was ended that night at at Paul Vaughan's house, but to me the signs were there a little while ago. I'm willing to give Anthony Griffin another year. He's made some changes. Uh, with that roster, and he gets his men in, and next year will be a big year for Anthony Griffin and the dragons if they don't improve.
3: yeah, I'm going to say C plus. Uh, the last couple of weeks, the losses take away the losses. You, again you've answered some questions. Tyros Sloan, you know is going to be your fullback next year, which is a question they need to answer with letting Matt Dufty go, and you've seen the progression of Sullivan, Talatow Moan and the Fenai twins. that's the next crop coming through and yeah you know, for all the detractors that Anthony Griffin has, he brought through the youngsters. At Penrith to what they are now. So
1: he sees something. The the future is bright for the Dragons, which is why they go into next year probably with more pressure than what many would say because you know they're, they're, they've bought well and they've got good kids. Yep. Top eight next year for
0: the Dragons. Firstly to the Warriors, thank you for spending another year away from home. I know it was tough. Uh, Roger Tuobasa-Shek, he went home early which made things even harder. But Sowie, when I think of the Warriors, I thought that they had turned a corner last year under Todd Payton. Mm. Have they taken a step back this year? Yeah, they have and there's more questions about this side.
3: I, I think they underachieved this year. C- minus for me and it could have even been a D. I think this is a side that should be playing finals footy they're good enough but the recruitment of sean johnson when you had chanel harris davida there reese walsh there roger to sheck i felt like they sort of said this season we'll just move it around and concentrate on next year if they had left roger at one played reese walsh at six chanel harris davida at seven they're playing in the finals right now and roger doesn't go home early i don't think so yeah i think that they missed an opportunity this year
1: yeah, I think it's a bit harsh to put Roger. I think Roger was going home because of the, the situation. No guarantee he could get back in. He had a contract with the Auckland Blues. I think Roger... If they were in the eight, he would be staying. He yeah, but stay. at that time of year, though, he made the decision, when it looked like they were going to miss the eight, right? So I understand. I think, see, the circumstances around the Warriors gives me uh, allow a little bit of leniency to the way they've played. Next year, though, as you said, Sean Johnson coming in, Reese Walsh developing, there'll be an expectation they improved.
0: They didn't improve this year. The West Tigers, the bottom four finish again. Tenth straight year without a finals appearance. Sowie, what do you rate their season?
3: Yeah, an E. An E. They, they just needed something to happen this year and they'd finished ninth and all the jokes around that. But, you yeah, they haven't gotten any better. And they've let go of some experience and you know, I look at a guy like Benji Marshall and, and the situation behind the scenes might not have been good or whatever, but his experience guiding that through, the pressure now building on Luke Brooks, I just feel like it was a, an opportunity there for the West Tigers. In some games they look really good, but in other
0: games they look really, really poor. Like yesterday, they looked really poor. Michael, at the start of the year, I hate to bring it up, but you thought they'd got their recruitment right.
1: Yeah, I, I did. I thought they'd, they'd finish scraping the eight. They might go one better than nine this year and disappointing the way they played. Look, the injuries towards the end of the year yesterday, they were had a lot of players out. At the end of the day, I've, I've given them a D because I think Dane Laurie and Stefano alone give me hope that they're on the right track. Now, I know there's criticism of Michael Maguire and the players, and you saw yesterday, it looked like they'd, they'd checked out. They weren't there, the players, yesterday.
3: I'll tell you one thing about the Tigers. This is what they... if they on In terms of playing stuff, they need to work out if they're going to adapt to Luke Brooks's style or they're going to move him on because they need to give him a chance to take control of the team and play his style of footy. Instead of him trying to play to the coach's plan, they, someone needs to coach him and say, oh, how do you want to do it? And we're going to be behind
1: you for three months and if yeah. it doesn't work, we'll move I on. I think that's the key in, in Luke Brooks. Ivan Cleary went into the, the Tigers and said, we'll play Luke Brooks football. And he, went, he finished second in the Dallier, half halfback of the year. And the match came in and said, this is the way we're going to do it. And he, and he hasn't adapted. He hasn't adapted at all.
0: All right, the Broncos, Wooden Spooners in season 2020. Uh, that was the worst year in the club's history. Kevy, not too bad in terms of finishing this year. But is it a pass or a fail for the Broncos?
3: It's a fail because you don't make the eight. But were like... they
0: expected to make the eight at the start of the year? Well,
3: No, but they were expected to get better. And I don't know if they got better. Um, you know, Anthony Seabold, you go to Kevy. Do they look a whole lot different or do they just look like they've been the same for two years? I don't to minus. to see I can see the future, though. Adam Reynolds, you pair him up. Katoni Staggs, Gamble, Albert Kelly. Like, they've got some real serious young guys there who just need some guidance. And you heard Freddie talk about Isaiah Yo and that calming influence and in that voice. Alex Glenn's been a fantastic servant, but you get a guy like Adam Reynolds, a premiership winner, when the time's tough, and he just goes, boys, relax.
1: We're going to kick to a corner for the next 10 mm. minutes and win games. That's what's going to happen. I just saw a vision of Anthony Milford. Disappointing that Anthony Milford waited to the last three weeks of the year to show what he's capable of because I would have liked to have seen Anthony Milford Adam Reynolds together next year in that halves. Won't Look, I think C- minus is right, so I've gone the same. I think the last month, six weeks, there's some signs there that give Brisbane fans hope that things are going to be better next year and with those additions, I think they will be.
0: 11 losses in their last 12 matches. A very disappointing back end to the year for the Cowboys. So much hope at the start of the year following the arrival of Todd Payton. Yes, they've had their injuries, but have they been the most disappointing side in season 2021?
3: No, I didn't have them in the eight, but I still gave them a D. I think that there's been other teams. I mean, the Warriors, I had you know, pushing for the eight. The thing with the Cowboys is if they want to next year... So Michael Morgan goes, so you can give them a bit of leeway for that because that would have been a big lot of their planning in preseason and halves. But then they buy two halfbacks. You know, you've got your premiership winner in Chad Townsend. I don't know why you need Tom Dearden if you're going to play drink water there. So their recruitment's been questionable. The other thing is, Jason Tamalola has to move into the front row. The big, bulky, 120-kilo lock that doesn't distribute out the back is not going to work in the NRL anymore. You need mobile, you need fast, you know, ruck speed. And have Tamalola. Now, he, he ran for 200 metres last week, Champions against the Dragons, in the number 8 jersey. And they said, oh, it's only a number. They moved back to 13, didn't look like half the player.
1: Yeah, it's, it's been a disappointing season and that's been the most disappointing factor for Todd Payton figuring out how to get the best out of Jason Townlow and it didn't start on a good note. Round one, that, I think it was Penrith, wasn't it, when he came out? and Round started.
3: one, they looked like they'd played three months of footy.
1: Yeah, and, they, and he said, I'm going to stick with this plan to reduce his minutes and then we move to the back row and move to the front row. He just hasn't figured out how to use Jason Townlow and it's hindered his first season. Anyway. I'm going to go D. Deep deep
0: up. The Cowboys. Uh, and lastly, the Bulldogs' wooden spooners this year. Trent Barrett arrived from Penrith, uh, hoping to make their attack a lot better. That didn't happen. But in Baz they trust for season 2022, you rate them a what?
3: An F. It's all right to have all those plans about attack, but you win the game through your defence. If your defence is good and you have great systems and people that make plays, the pressure comes off your attack. And the other thing is, you know, I feel sorry for the group of halves there at the Bulldogs because... They haven't had a forward pack that's gone forward and got them over the advantage line all year and they've chopped and changed and tried to find that right formula. Now, it's not Jerome Luai and Nathan Cleary at the Bulldogs, Chambers. They need to adjust their style to what they've got and they needed some big big boys up front to be able to generate that. Their discipline's been poor on and off the field. I think it's, for me, the Bulldogs have been really disappointing and they've got a long way to go to make it up next year.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go, I'm not going to go quite hard as F. I'm going to say E and you know, just because I like what they're building with those recruits and I probably shouldn't count in the report card. Maybe I'm being a little bit biased here with those recruits coming through but you know, I like the direction they're heading in. They fail next year. Then but uh, is
3: I'll finish on this. If Matt Burton's your sixth next year, they had 25 rounds to work out who was going to wear the number seven and we first know. game next year uh-huh. and we have no
0: idea. No. Well said. All right, two words. Who of those teams plays finals next year? There's generally two teams the year before play.
3: Dragons
1: and Sharks. And you go Broncos, Dragons, maybe Tigers. Dragons, yeah. Except two. two. I don't do that. Broncos will turn to finals. You You know that.
0: All right. We've got to move on. It's time now for hit or miss. Tom Trubojevic is a favourite to take at this year's Dali M medal, and this is why. Staggering stats from his 15 matches, 25 tries, 27 try assists, 105 tackle breaks, 9 of those in one play on the weekend to score a try, 221 average run metres per game. Saui's shaking his head, but will he nod to this? Tom Trubojevic has produced the greatest individual season ever. Sowie. Hit. You look at those stats,
3: and I know we're going to talk about Ben Barber, 2012, Jared Hayne, 2009, but it's the way that he's led his team. Those guys were great players individually. You know, they just had a really, really red-hot run of form. He's leading week to week, and he's raised Manly's level. Do you remember the first four rounds? They were going to finish last if he didn't play. He's set the standard there now. He plays up to that standard, and everyone else around him's gone up to it.
1: I think his leadership is what makes it the best season ever. Yeah, I agree with how he hit. I wouldn't have said that a couple of weeks ago. I always thought that, that I'd never see better than what Jared Hayne did in 09. There was just this noise around what Jared Hayne was doing, but performance on field, Tom Truboy, which is
0: incredible what he's been able to do. And of. week after week after week after week. You know, in those 15 matches, he's only not scored twice and he's got five hat-tricks. It's he's going to
1: win the Dally M in 15 Easily. games.
0: It's incredible. <laughs> All right, uh, point number two, the Dragons have made the right call by not extending Tarek Sim's contract beyond 2022. I'll go to you first, Michael.
1: Um, it's a tough one. I, I, I went miss um, for two reasons. I, I understand the Dragons. The decision not to sign Tarek Sims, I think they should sign him. But in terms of what he's worth, you need another year to work out. Uh, signing Tarek Sims for 2023 and beyond, not knowing how he's going to pull up over the next year would be reckless from the Dragons. They need to work out what they need from their squad in 2023 next year after those young kids come through and determine whether or not Tarek Sims deserves a contract of X value. To extend him now
0: would be reckless, but I think he should still be there in some capacity. He starts next year as a 32-year-old, shall we?
3: Yeah, a tricky one for me, but you look at the way he played in State of Origin this year, you would be crazy to say, don't extend him. But he's got the whole of next year, so who's to say that they don't sit down and go, right, how are you feeling body-wise? Sit down, get the contract done for 2023. So I think it's a wait-and-see approach, and and Tarek would understand it. it is a business... You try and get the best deal that you can and if someone's going to come out and throw three years at him or two years at him, then you know, that's, they've given him that option but he's on contract for next year.
0: Alright, the Knights, they're seventh. They're playing finals footy with a points differential of minus 143. The eighth place Titans have a record of 10 wins and 14 losses. With that in mind, finals should consist of seven teams or less in season 2022.
3: Jamie? Hit five teams, best of three grand final series. Make up those other games. You think last think of this right? right? Hold on a second. Are you all, what's Hold going on a on. second. All right. Last year, if we had had said that a week later we were going to get Penrith Melbourne uh, uh, play each other a week later, hmm. the ratings would have doubled because you felt like you left that game going, man, if Penrith had another couple of minutes, we would have been in extra time, maybe they win that game. Uh, hit yeah. You've lost me Sal. Ten it? and fourteen is ten and fourteen is never ever going to win the comp, right from eighth. Okay. And we, we always say it's impossible to win outside the top four. Then why are we rewarding mediocrity? Get the two best teams and play three. Three game finals, grand
1: final series. All year we've been saying, can we start the finals now? Why not have three? I like it. It'll never happen. Top eight, you need the money, the revenue, and and you need you get the, the same amount of games. You need the incentive. Imagine, imagine how. Terrible competition would have been if we knew 10 weeks ago what the final series was going to be, which you did. The top five were set 10 weeks ago.
3: So we didn't know. One in, So we didn't have to imagine, we did know.
1: Yeah, so imagine if these play teams at 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 were. Would you be
3: excited at the, at the fact that maybe Manly Melbourne or maybe Penrith might I'd love to three see games. a
1: five game origin season, three game grand final series. Realistically, it's never going to happen.
0: All right, yeah, he'd only played six games before this year. He's played 22 this year, 15 of those in the centres. Matt Burton is the game's best centre. Michael?
1: I'm going to get hammered here. I'm going to say hit. Best centre this year. He's been the best centre this year. Joey Martin is the best centre in the game. But Matt Burton, the way he's played this year, I've got him at number one in 20. 20. You're miss, confusing
3: us. Miss. Joey Martin by street. Matt Burton's been fantastic in doing a, a job in that left left-centre position. Remember when yeah Burton played, it was like, will Lewis step up to the mark? He's made the 5-8 position and then Burton's come in and has to be in the side because he's so good. Has Burton been better than Joey Marnie this year? No. That's fair he scored more tries. If you Stats aren't everything to me. You look at the eye test, Joey Marnie, what he and Tedesco have done for that side of the Roosters. Don't forget the Roosters finished fifth. Yeah. It's been remarkable.
0: This would be controversial, and given you've played the game one a con, I respect your opinion. But I feel like some games, Joey Manu, you wouldn't know whether he played or not. And then other games, he's a, the best player in the game. Well, you look at... if. Whereas Matt strength. Burden, every week, he turns up and plays well.
3: Yeah, well, he's in that left-centre position. And he's, he's there's a lot of people doing work inside. Whereas the Roosters this year have had to rely on Joey Manu and James Tedesco. That's why Tom Trubojevic has been the best player. You go and watch James Tedesco. He's, everyone thinks the gap's like that when it was like that before. It's right there because what he's been able to do with limited you know, guys and talent around him has been ridiculous. Yeah, so Joe Marnie for me. All
0: right, Michael, it's your week for champ or chump. What have you come up with?
1: I'll go with champ. I've got Matt checking lovely scenes after the game between the Rabbits and the Dragons on the weekend, his final game in the NRL. Real emotional. Lovely to see the, the, the players uh, show him the respect he deserves after such a long. And great career in the game. So that's uh, my champ of the week, Matt Checkin and the, and the players. The
3: best thing about Matt Checken is he always you always felt like you could talk to him. Like some referees, you go out there and they don't want to talk to you. Or, you know, go away, this and that. And Matt Checkin's penalised me a couple of times when I've been too hot headed But I always felt like he talked to you with a little bit of respect, so congratulations, Matt.
0: More than 570 games as a ref, a touchy, and in the video ref box. Just a quick one, a bonus hit or miss. Matt Chetkin should be reffing a refereeing final this week. Massive hit. <laughs> are you telling me he's not in the top four refs? Who are the top four refs? Michael, over you here for Chump. My Chump of the Week,
1: besides uh, Jamie Sauer, is Matt Lodge uh, flipping the bird to the crowd there at uh, the Gold Coast yesterday. He, he lost his cool on a number of occasions. And then he's been fined $5,000 from the NRL for this outburst here as he oh. left the field. So, Matt Lodge, chump of the week. Wouldn't say it to your face, but I can say it. The I'll
3: c- tell you what. Jeez, I hope they do off-season boxing. Wallace and, and Lodge. Well, I think they've already
2: got it Get that, yeah. give me the, the contract, I'll sign it.
0: Uh, not oh. Yet. Oh.
2: Um...
0: I must say, Matt Lodge has since apologised for his behaviour straight away across social media. But, uh, yeah, Michael's chump. All right, uh, two, three champs, rather. We'll be back tomorrow for NRL teams. A massive show. Neve Owens, Brett Kamali, Robbie Farah with all the team news. Plenty of interest in this one with the uh, Storm duo, Josh Adokar and Cam Munster. Will they be named? They'll be named and be planned. 3.55pm tomorrow, 4pm the teams drop. Michael, thank you. Jamie, thank you. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of Inside the NRL. We cannot wait for week one of the finals.